Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Well, good morning. How you doing? So I'm going to jump right in. So we're doing Becoming Whole Month. How many have been uh, enjoying Becoming Whole Month? Amen? So uh, yeah, Becoming Whole. And today is like the second part of the message that I shared a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be a little bit intense this morning. Uh, I really want you to put your seatbelts on. I'll, I'll say this again. Next week, we're going to do something very um, interesting. Uh, and so you really need to be on time. If you're not on time next week, you're going to come walking in here. We're going to be in the middle of something. We're going to be starting and we're going to be going through kind of a journey next week. So I really want to encourage you to be on time. Be here at 1030 because we're going to kind of get started and we're going to run right into it. So if you're, even if you're 15 minutes late, you're already going to kind of miss uh, some of the stuff we're doing. So uh, I just want to encourage you next week. So anyways, this week is a continuation of last uh, two weeks ago that I talked about uh, becoming whole. And this week, I want to talk about presenting the real you, presenting the real you in front of God and in front of others. You might say, well, God knows everything about me. God knows everything about me. And so, like, I'm always presenting the real you. Well, maybe not. Have you ever noticed that in the Bible, uh, there's a couple of passages that are quite interesting. Like, when he talks about whether you'll go to, you know, you'll be outside his presence after you die, whether you go to hell or you go to heaven. You know, hell is just outside his presence. Heaven is inside his presence. Trust me, you don't know what that feels like because you're still inside his presence, even if you don't really know him. But he says this, he says, Jesus said, be gone with you. This is God talking. Be gone with you for I never knew you. So it's not like, Me knowing him, he's saying, leave because he doesn't know me. Very interesting passage. Very interesting. He doesn't say it just once. He says it several times. And so I want us to be able to uh, present the real us in front of God and also in front of others. We're going to talk about next week uh, and next month, we're going to talk about going back to the uh, original, and we'll be talking about like the Garden of Eden. And in, in the last verse of Genesis chapter uh, uh, 2, the last verse, it says that Adam and Eve stood naked and unashamed. And to me, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be completely exposed to who we are and exposed to God and exposed to each other and feel no shame. I have to say that I'm, I'm a bit uh, like saddened uh, with, with, uh, with the way, how do I say this? I'm a bit saddened with the way that the body of Christ um, deals with each other. Like it's hard for someone to sit in a group of believers and confess their sins without feeling judgment. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's the place where we need to be able to do it. We need to be able to be honest with one another and open one another and and be able to talk to one another and not get all, (gasps) you know? I mean, if, if, if someone's talking to you about their problems, even about their struggles, and you're sitting them there judging, I think God is more concerned about you in that situation than the one who's doing something wrong. I'll never forget my friend. Uh, there was a time where I really needed to confess some things in my life to them, uh, to someone. And, and God had really told me that it was this person. And so... And he was one of the leaders, a good friend of mine. And so we were out and we were having uh, Italian. So we were eating spaghetti and meatballs, which is what we were accustomed to do in America. And, uh, and I actually waited until he put a big meatball in his mouth before I told him what I was doing wrong. I figured that would at least delay his response, you know, because he had a mouthful. And to my delight and to my, oh, just 
to just a blessing for me. As he put that meatball in his mouth and I began to tell him what I did wrong, he never even flinched. He just simply finished eating that meatball and he said, okay, let's just keep talking about these things. Didn't judge me, didn't, you know, he wanted to help me. That's what we should be doing one to another. And, I, and in a world where it's so hard to be honest in front of each other, that's what I want to talk about today. Now, last two weeks ago, um, basically I talked about Saul and how Saul was confronted with the truth. That, that you know, we talked about how it's hard to obey fully. It's hard to fully obey the Lord. Uh, but that's hard to do, amen? But there's a bigger problem than not fully obeying the Lord. There's a bigger problem. And that is, when you don't obey the Lord, if you do not deal with the truth properly, it's a bigger problem than not obeying the Lord fully. So he was confronted. And what happens when we're confronted with the truth, if you could just show that kind of uh, slide in decision uh, when we're confronted with the truth, we go one of two directions. And I talked about it last uh, two weeks ago about the hiding and suffering. When we're confronted with the truth and then we, we don't want to deal with the truth, we really don't want to admit the truth, we don't want to really be confronted with the truth, then we go into hiding. And when we go into hiding, trust me, you will suffer Greatly, And I believe that the world is filled with suffering people who might even be sitting right next to you. They're afraid to actually talk about it. And so they walk through life suffering on the inside. And then we all know the expression, hurting people hurt people. And so we talked about that last time. And before we continue, I have a card. I have a card that I want to pass out. So, ushers, I told you to be ready. Are you ready? Okay, I want every, only one person's going to pass out all these cards to all these people. We have a card, and as they pass it out, let me just explain this card for you. On one side, there's some, uh, there's like an outline of what I'm going to share, and so you can actually fill in the blank. Now, there's a couple of small spots, but you know, you with good penmanship will be able to do that. Uh, me, I'll make a mess of it, but it's a bit of an outline and there's lines to fill in the blank. So as I speak, if you want to fill that in, feel free. And on the other side, uh, we're going to take a minute once everybody gets this. And on the other side, there are statements that, uh, like, for example, the first one says, I say yes when I really want to say no. Okay. And so what you're going to do is, if you don't have a pen, you can just say to yourself, yep, that's me. If you have a pen, this is not going anywhere. You keep this. We're not going to turn it in. See, right away, you get nervous. If you have to fill this out and you have to turn it in, now it's like, oh, someone's going to know me. See? Right? While they're passing it out, I'll tell you a quick story. I remember we were, this is when we first, almost first started the church, only like maybe two years in. And I remember we were all together and we were talking and I was trying to be honest with people. And I said, I said, you know, I've lusted, right? So I said that, right? And, and I said it a couple of times, you know, I've lusted, right? And, and then I, I looked out and I said, come on, man, how many here have lost it? Right? And, and nobody raised their hand. Like, I'm like, come on, you guys are a bunch of liars, blah, blah, blah. Right? So I like, I must have said it four times. Later, my friend came up to me and said, I didn't understand what you're saying. I thought you said, how many have lost it? <laughs> like, I'm like, no, lusted. Oh, lusted. Yeah. Okay. You know, but it's hard to admit sometimes, you know, it's hard to say these things. So uh, on this side is a bunch of statements. And so what I want you to do is just look at the side of the check marks for now, if you got it. Start reading through and take a minute. We're going to take some time. We'll take a minute or two. Read it. And if it's you, check it off. Or at least make a mental knowledge that that's you. Maybe you forgot a pen. Come back. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you realize if I said, does anybody need a pencil? If you raise your hand, everyone will know that you actually check something off. <laughs> so just take a minute. 
and read those statements. If it applies to you, check it off. And maybe I'll read them as we go. I say yes when I really want to say no. I get depressed when others are upset at me. I have a need for approval from others to feel good about myself. I act nice on the outside, but inside I don't like you. (laughs) I often remain silent to keep the peace. I believe if I make a mistake, I myself am a failure. I avoid looking weak or foolish for for not having the answer. I criticize others in order to feel better about myself. I have to be doing something exceptional to feel alive. I have to be needed in order to feel worthy. I am afraid and I can't take risks or I'm I'm afraid to take risks. I do what others want so they don't get mad at me. I use knowledge and competence to cover my feelings of inadequacy. So if you feel inadequate, just check that one. I often compare compare myself with others. I do a lot of things for God, but feel far from him. And one more, one more that's not written here. I purposely didn't put it here. Right now I'm hiding something and I haven't told anybody about it and I'm ashamed of it. Yeah, it's getting quiet in here. You know, so two weeks ago, I talked about four things, and you'll see that you have an outline if you'd like to just fill that in. Four things that cause us to hide from God and from people. One of them is a fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. You know, you're afraid that if you share really what's your problem or what you're going through, then then people will reject you or God will reject you. Number two, uh, what keeps us from hiding is unmet expectations. When, when, when someone disappoints us or something we expect from people doesn't happen, then we, yeah, and then we don't share it, we don't talk about it, we're hiding Failure is another thing that keeps us hiding. When we fail, we feel shame and all other things. And then, number four, um, abuse. If you've been abused growing up, uh, if physically, sexually, emotionally, mentally, all of these. If you've been abused, I, 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 trust me, we, we have dealt, my wife and I have dealt with many people in this situation. And we know that um, we, we tend to, uh, be those, those people tend to hide. They're hiding. They're afraid. So we talked about how the pathway to hiding and suffering is it starts with this rationalization, uh, rationalizing our disobedience or the reason why we did something. We rationalize it away. And we don't confront the truth. We just kind of make excuses. 
You know, uh, you know I, I'm, I'm sorry that I treated you that way. I was tired. That's an excuse. There's no good reason for treating someone unkindly. I mean, there may be a reason, but it's still not right. It doesn't excuse the behavior. But we make excuses, and so we'll say, you know, I'm sorry I treated you that way. I was tired. See, we just didn't confront the truth. We just excused the truth away, and we went into suffering and hiding because we don't want to face the fact that we did not do what was right. You know, I'm sorry, it's just popped in my head, I'll just share it. You know, Frozen 2, even though it has some really interesting things, in it, there's one statement they keep making in that, in that movie that I really liked, and that was, when you don't know what to do, just take the next right step. Woo! I'm like, that's good stuff right there. That's, like, that's good stuff. When you don't know what to do, just Take the next right step. Stop worrying about the future. Many times, the reason why you excuse away or you're afraid to talk about... Boy, I'm getting complicated now. I'll just share it. The reason why you kind of hide from the truth or you're afraid to confess the truth or you bend it a little bit, it's because you're trying to control the future of its outcome. You don't want to tell the truth because you are afraid of what that outcome might be. But see, who's in control at this situation when you begin to bend it? You or God? Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path your way. No, straight. You need to trust him. Trust him. But if I tell the truth, it's going to be a disaster. If you don't tell the truth, you will suffer for a long time. And there will still be disaster. And then false repentance, we, we just kind of make, we, we just say we're sorry, but we don't really repent. We don't really change. We don't really, we just want to look good in front of people. Getting quiet in here. I haven't even got to the good stuff yet. Today I want to talk about the path to freedom and revelation. Okay? Freedom and revelation. And it's funny because, so if you hide, if you excuse the behavior, you go into suffering and hiding. If you begin to trust and you confront uh, the truth, there's a path that you will take. And, and I'd like to throw that. Yeah. It's what I call the crucifixion experience. See, I can't help but think in many ways. Let's 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 say let's say this is the the cross. OK, this is the cross of Jesus. OK, and here you are. You're confronted with the truth. Here's what we do sometimes. We kind of look at the cross as like a drive through. I'll take forgiveness, please. And, and, and a side of uh, mercy. Thank you. Right. We kind of look at it like a drive through. We look at it like a, a thing that we go and we receive from it. We get all the stuff from God and then we just keep going. But here's. Here's the truth. The truth is that the cross is not a drive-through. Here's how it actually works. I can't do mine very well. Jesus, I need to die to myself. I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I need your forgiveness. And then Jesus doesn't He doesn't, in a sense, hand me grace and mercy. What he says to me is, join me on the cross. I know it's a scary thing, but if you join me on the cross, all that forgiveness and every... Because 
We, it says what? We have to place our sins on the cross. He, basically, here I am, sinner God. I'm going to place myself on the cross. I'm going to die to myself just like you died. Like Jesus said, not my will, your will, God, be done. And when you die on the cross and you go through a crucifixion experience and you just let yourself die with Christ, what comes next? Resurrection. You want to live a resurrected life Guess what? It's not a drive through the cross. It's a go through the cross. So more than that way, it's really more like this. I'm confronted with the truth. I am unable to do what God wants me to do. And I'm not going to rationalize this truth. I'm not going to make excuses I'm turning to you, God, and for me to have revelation and freedom and resurrected life, I've got to go like this and die on the cross with Christ. And he'll help us get there. He'll help us, he'll, he'll, he'll help us hang on the cross together. And he will, he will hold us while we die. He will cover us while we're there. He will speak wonderful words. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. All your sins have been washed clean. These are all the words he will speak to you when you decide to die on the cross. And then, freedom and revelation. So when I... Okay. How do we get there? How do we get there? I want to share um, an odd verse. I, I, hadn't, I, I would have never gone to this scripture to discuss this subject, but that's where I ended up. And then I saw something in this scripture that will give you very practical ways to help you get to the cross on the cross, and through the cross. And it's out of 1 Samuel 17, a very, very popular verse. It's the time where David confronts Goliath. I want to walk through this passage with you and show you something that I believe that the Lord kind of opened up to me. And I think it will help you to be able to confront the truth. And get freedom in your life. Okay? So we're going to walk through. It says uh, 40 days in the verse, verse 22. It says 40 days every morning uh, and evening. The Philip, Philistine champion. Uh, I need my glasses. Sorry. Shutted in front of the Israel. Uh, sh- strutted in front of the Israel army. So here's what's going on. The big uh, uh, guy, uh, Goliath, is standing there. and He's going, you bunch of wimps. You will never defeat me. There's no way you can defeat me. Day after day, he spews out lies and keeps them from confronting and dealing with what is in front of them. Does that sound familiar? If you are suffering and hiding, if you are struggling with the things that you that I put on this that you checked off every day. Thoughts come through your mind. If you're a warrior, you know, and all you do is worry all the time about things, that giant is standing there and going, yes, it's going to kill you. You need to worry. Yes, if you confess the sin, if you say something, yes, your life will be destroyed. It will be over. Every day, that giant screams at you. And David left his things and with a keeper of supplies and he hurried to the ranks to greet his brothers. And as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion of Gath, came out and, uh, from the Philistine ranks. And then David heard his shout, uh, excuse me, she heard him shout his usual taunt uh, at the army of, of Israel. As soon as the Israelites saw 
him, they began to run away in fright. That's what happens if you are struggling inside. You run away. You run and hide. As soon as the truth gets popped up, even now as I talk about some things and I'm dealing with talking about truth, like some of you are like, oh boy, I, yeah, it's, when is it over? It's going to be over soon. I can, I can grit and bear it, you know. I, I guess I'll tell this story. I remember uh, there was a time in my life, you know, when I was, uh, started going to church. You know, I was only like a year old Christian or so like that. And I was living a double life, okay? I know none of you out there are living a double life, so you can, you can judge me for this. And, uh, you know, I remember, uh, you know, I, used to, I like to sit on the end. I used to like to sit on the end, especially when I was living, living the double life, because then I could get out of there. You know what I mean? I could get out. I didn't have to stay. If I didn't like what was going on, I, you know, I had to go use the toilet, you know. And I would leave. It got too hot for me. But this day, I sat on the end, and of course, some people came late. Urgh! They came late, and they pushed me in. And so I got stuck in the middle. I couldn't leave. Preacher began to talk, and I was being so convicted. I was so convicted. And the more he talked, the more convicted I felt. And I, I got lower in my seat. I kept getting lower in my seat. And I said, I've got to confess God. I started confessing to God. And, and I heard the voice. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Man, it was like, it was like, woo, freedom like I never heard before. After that, I was able to, I told my pastor and I found such freedom. They run and hide when they hear. We have seen the giant. He comes out each day in Israel. Now, I just want you to know something. If you are struggling with what I'm talking about, it's not a journey. It's a fight. And you need to cut the head off of this thing. It's not a journey. It's a fight. And you need to just cut the head off of these things. I say it with much passion because you cannot play with this stuff. You must destroy it. In, in, in Genesis, I love what he said to Cain or Abel. Which one died? Forgive me. Which one got killed? Cain or Abel? Abel died. So he said to Cain, sorry, I get them all mixed up all the time. He said to Cain, he said, what to Cain? He said, sin is knocking at your door. You will either conquer it or be conquered by it. You've, this is not a journey. You need to cut the head off of this thing. Like, sever it. Trust me, it's not. It's a fight. It's not a journey. And I want to give you a pathway to, to freedom and revival. I want to show you in this passage how it happened. Who do you talk to to get help? Who do you talk to to understand, you know, so they can understand? Well, look at this passage in, in 28. It says, but when David's oldest brother, uh, Elab, uh, uh, yeah, Heard David talking to the men. He was angry. He said, what are you doing here anyways? He demanded. What about the few sheep? And so basically, let me just get quick, go quick. Basically, he goes to his brother and starts talking to his brother. What does that have to do with anything? This is the first step to the path of freedom. You need to go to a brother or a family member or a friend and begin to talk to them. Now, in this case, it wasn't a good brother. Okay, in this case, his brother said some things that were not good. This is a negative case, but he still was talking. And if you watch David's life, if you look at David's life, he always went to friends. Jonathan was his best, best friend. How many times did he talk to Jonathan about the things he was dealing with? You need to go to a friend, a family member, and you need to begin to talk to them. Now, if you're getting negative things, run from them, of course. But let me say this. Many times, your friends, they know you. They know who you are. If they're your friend, you may not have told them this thing you don't want to share. They probably already know. Or at least have a suspicion. 
Because you can't hide. You think you can hide it. You can't hide. Adam and Eve, what were they doing? They were hiding after they disobeyed. And God is calling their name. Come on. You don't think God knew where they were? He's just a gracious God. We'll talk about that some more later. But you need to go to your friends, someone who can give you good advice and help you. And they can talk to you and listen to what you're going through. Some of them will say, yeah, went through that myself. Yes, understand the situation that you're going through. I know, I'm with you. Even the worst case scenario, they can just simply put their arms around you, you know, and just love you and say, I don't understand, but I'm with you. If you want the road to freedom, trust me, sit down. I remember sitting with someone, uh, he actually is in this congregation, and like we were talking about something, it really wasn't this subject, but basically we were talking about something, and and he, and he, he said, I'll bet you you can't describe how you do that. And I'm like, no, I just, I, if someone asks me, how do I do that? I don't know how I do it. I just kind of do it. And he said, well, let me describe it to you, how you do it. He was able to show me the pattern that I had in the way I deal with, like, start, actually, we we're talking about projects, starting projects. He goes, this is how you do it. And as he's describing, I'm like, he's describing me. Wow. I didn't even know how I did that, but he's telling me how I'm doing that. Friends have a way of seeing things in you. Your brothers and your sisters, your relatives, they see you. You need to listen to them. You need to actually write it down sometimes. If all your friends keep telling you that you worry a lot, eh, there's the answer. All my friends tell me I'm too loud. I'm trying. Next, verse 32. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. Who's he talking to? He's talking to King Saul right now. I will fight him. Saul finally consented. He said, all right, go ahead. And may the Lord be with you. And, and then Saul gave David his own armor. And he, a bronze helmet and a coat. But David put it on. He strapped it over his, uh, he strapped it on and, and, and his sword over it. And it, did, it wasn't him, basically. He put it on. He tried it out. Said, mm, not me. He took it off. What's going on? First, David went to his relatives to talk and try to get how to fight the, the giant. Talk to his friends. Then, David talked to spiritual authorities. Now, you might think Saul's a bad guy, and in the scriptures it doesn't make him out to be a good, a good guy. But when it came to war, Saul was an amazing warrior. That guy destroyed armies. He was no wimp. He knew what he was doing. So the next kind of people you need to talk to are those in spiritual authority. Now, what's a spiritual authority? Let me be clear. What is a spiritual authority? In my opinion, a spirit, someone in spiritual authority is someone who has already conquered what you're going through. And I'll be the first one. If you came to me, and I, not that I could, maybe I never experienced what you went through, I would send you to a spiritual authority so that they can help you. See, Saul may not have given David the answer, but trust me, David listened to Saul. And Saul gave him what he knew. So a spiritual authority person will always give you what they did to overcome what you're going through. And it's helpful and you should try it. Just like David tried on the armor. You have to try it on. I mean, it's foolish. Okay. Let's say you want to get in shape. Okay. Who do you go to? Me or Johnson? Right? I mean, you probably, if you're like me, want to go to me because you really don't want to do what he does. <laughs> but that guy will get you in shape. Me? Me, join me next Saturday night at 6.30. We're going to go to the golf range, and I will show you how to hit a golf ball because I have spiritual authority over that. It's true. 
I think I told that story. My father, he hit a bad shot, and he's talking to this guy, and he gets back in the cart with me, and I said, Dad, what do you usually score? He said, oh, about a 90. Now, the lower the score, the better, if you don't know anything about golf. He said, and I said, what does that guy shoot? He goes, probably about 110. I said, why are you listening to him? Listen to me. I shoot a 70. You know, don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You got to go with someone who's conquering what you're struggling with. He is a spiritual authority and you need to come clean. You need to come fully open. I can't tell you how many times people come to me. I'll tell you a story. This guy comes to me. He's in trouble with his wife. Tells me that he struggles to drink. He's uh, drinking. And when he was drinking, uh, you know, he, he cheated on his wife. So we had a long chat, long chat. Talked to him a lot. He kept talking. This is years ago. Nobody here. Just so you don't stop looking around. If you're looking around, come to see me. I can conquer that. I've had spiritual authority over that. <laughs> um, and, you know, so we tell, I, and at the end of the conversation, finally, I was like, is there anything else? Nope. Are you sure? Because I had a feeling. Is there anything? No. Are you sure? There's nothing else. Absolutely not. Because most of the time when someone is telling you about what's inside of them, it's kind of like the iceberg. They only give you a little. They want to see when they give it to you how you will react. If you react badly, they're never going to show you what's under the surface. Never. Sure, you sure, you sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just say it this way to end the story easily. And not to be too specific, his wife called me months later, maybe about a month later, screaming on the phone, weeping. It was so much more. So much more. Would have been easier if he just came clean at the beginning. It's always better to confess than get caught. Is this too heavy for you? Are we okay? I just want to bring freedom into your life. So then it goes on. It says uh, in verse 36, Who is this pagan Philistine anyway, David said, that he is allowed to defy the army of a living God? I have done this both to lions and bears, and I will do Woo! I love this. I will do this to the pagan Philistine too. He has defied the armies of the living God. The, God, the Lord who rescued me from the... Jaws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistines. What I love is David is actually, what he's really doing here is he's using the word of the Lord. He's using the word of the Lord to strike down the giant. He does it with his body later, but really it's his faith. It's his understanding of who God is. And so it's the word of God. The word of God is able to tear down strongholds. That's why you need to memorize it. That's why you need to read it and get it in your soul. Because let me tell you, the TV is putting a lot of words and a lot of thoughts and a lot of things. The internet is putting all kinds of thoughts in your head. And if you don't have anything to combat it, I remember this African guy was talking about how there's like the, 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 the flesh inside you and the spirit. You know, the, it says in, in Galatians that the war, that the spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit. And the African guy said, oh, it's like two dogs inside of you. And the man like, what are you, what are you talking about? He goes, whatever dog you're feeding is winning. That's pretty good. Whatever dog you are feeding inside you, if you're feeding the flesh, that dog is going to be stronger than the spirit. You're feeding the dog of the spirit, it's going to rip apart the dog of the flesh. I love that. It's really good. 
That's why you need the Word of God. You need to get it in your brain. Get it in your soul. Read it every day, even if it's just one verse. Put it in your being. Put it in your being so that when you face the enemy, it comes flying out of you. The Holy Spirit does not tell you the Word of God. Ooh, uh-oh. Did the pastor just say that? Yes, let me quote a scripture for you. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will bring back to remembrance all I have taught you. If you didn't learn it in the first place, how can the Holy Spirit bring it back? Just, I I know this is hard words, but I want to set you free. I want to get you out of hiding. And and I I can't do that with like, you know, nicety nice. I just got to give you the truth. So the Word of God will help you. Now, after that, David has to face the giant. Okay, I want to talk about how to face the giant. Okay, you go to your friends, you get, you know, you get counsel, you get help. You go to spiritual authorities, you get advice, you get those who have overcome it. They're going to help you through it. They're going to, they're going to do all this, right? You get the Word of God in you. You got all this stuff going for you. Trust me, you're in a good place. But at the end of the day, you have to face that giant alone. What do I mean? You got to, David, what did he do? He stepped out and he went out on that field and he looked at that stinking giant. Now, trust me, you have to face the giant alone, but you don't have to be alone. God will be with you. God was with David. You think that stone flew through the air through David's skill only? Come on. He had to hit him right here. The guy had a helmet on. He hit him right here. Yes, he was skilled. Yes, he practiced. Yes, you study the word. Yes, you get advice. Yes, you you look for help. And then when you face that giant, you you have to be alone. So when you're in your room by yourself, And you're on the internet. Or you drive in your car and you're tempted to go into that place that you have gone into. Whatever it is. You have to face it alone, but you don't have to be alone. When you face the giant, not only that, when you face the giant... You carry what you know. You carry what you know. David carried what he knew. What did he know? He knew how to skillfully use what he did, but he also knew that God was going to be with him. And he kept quoting that over and over again. You Philistine, you defied it. You're going down. Yes, if you're a warrior, you need to start using your mouth openly. When you start worrying, you need to say, mind, shut up. I don't know. That's what I do. It reminds me. I love, I love what Ron did the other night in the prayer, the deeper prayer. Woo! I've been using that all week. Breathing out the negative. Breathing out the lies. Filling in the truth. I don't, I, I've been doing that. Thank you, Ron. I, I've been doing it. It's a great exercise. I love it. You know? Breathing out. Breathing out the fear. Breathing out the worry. Breathing out the worry about what will happen if I tell the truth. Breathing in the fact that God will resurrect me after I walk through the crucified life. That he will take care of me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. That he will be with me no matter what I do. You understand? Now just be honest. It is a risk to face the giant. It's a risk. David took a risk. It will be risky. It will be risky to confess the truth to your friends and not use an excuse. Yes, of course it will. It's dangerous. It's scary. Can I be honest with you? You think, yeah, what can I be honest? That's such a foolish statement. Can I be honest with you? Of course I'm going to tell you the truth. Well, at least, you know, I'm going to try. You think, can I be honest? You think it's hard for you. Okay? You think it's hard for you. Can I tell you how hard it is for me? Because 
I got people dependent on me. I got people expecting me to walk in God. So I need my wife so much. That's why sometimes I, I sometimes I mean sometimes in my room, man, I just I just Carol, I gotta tell somebody. I can I, I can't trust everybody. You know, that's why I love my brother. I, I'll tell you I love my brother right here. I do. Wes is a very, very good friend of mine, and, and I know I can tell him things, and he can handle it. He can hold it. He can help me. You need somebody like that. So if you think it's hard for you, trust me. I know. I know the deal. I like that. That's good. But it will be a risk. It will be a risk. Yes, it will be risky. And then the closer you get to coming and facing that giant, the louder the lies will become. Think about it. Here's David going to, the, going to the, the, the Goliath. He became louder and bigger as he got closer. So you're going to, you know, you, here you are. You're finally saying to yourself, I got I to gotta, I gotta tell the truth. And I'm going to go tell, you know, my friend. Or I'm going to go tell my wife. Or I'm going to tell somebody. And as you get closer, those lies, you're going to get in trouble. It's going to be, it's, no, don't do it. They get louder. Trust me, they get louder. I'm, I'm just about out of time. Oh, I am out of time. And today is, uh, yeah, so we have to end on time. I want to share one more thought with you. I don't have time to read it. But once the giant falls, once the giant falls, look what happened in the story. Once the giant fell, once he tore the stinking head off of that thing, what happened? More and more land was taken. More and more of the enemy scattered. You see, what you think is, you think that lie, that, that thing that you're not confronting, you think that that is the only thing. Trust me, there is so much more behind that enemy. So much more than what you're struggling with now. When you cut the head off, what will happen is you will see all the other lies. And you'll begin to have more and more revelation about who you are and about how much God loves you and how much you can just be who you are. And God is with you all the way. And you'll begin to take more and more territory over and over again. Once you go through the cross, then you've got freedom and revelation. Woo! I'm telling you, I've had it. I've experienced it. It is awesome. And that's why I get so excited because I realize that God still loves me even after it all. And that God is with me and God will destroy everything. If I could just get you so encouraged to go through the cross, to die so that you can have resurrected life. Woo! I'm telling you, every time, it's, sometimes it's taken days, sometimes it's taken years for me to finally face truths in my life. But I can say this, every time I face that truth, I died on the cross with Jesus. Woo! I said, why didn't I do that 10 years ago? God, if I had only known that 10 years ago, if I had only known that, I would be so much freer. I would have lived this life so much freer. That's where God wants to take you. And then when you're finally on the other side, then you can turn around and you can yell, come on, it's all good over here. And those that are hiding will look at you and go, I don't understand. You go, you know, yeah, because you don't know. But I know. And you put your arm around them and you say, come follow me. I'll show you how. But that's the cross, don't worry. The cross Looks like death, but it's really life. Don't forget, next week, come, because we're going to, this is part three of this series. Really important that you come on time. I believe we're going to see people get set free next week. And maybe you get set free this week. So I'm going to stop here. I'm going to ask that the the prayer team kind of come up here. You know what? We're going to do something different. Would you guys do me a favor? Something completely different. What we're going to do is I'm going to ask you guys to go into the oak room. Now, I know there'll be kids in there. Just tell uh, Carol uh, if they haven't finished that word. They're going to finish. 
If you need prayer, would you guys be willing to do that? Your prayer team, would you guys be willing to do that? They're going to be in the, the, in the Oak Room. If you need prayer on this, go to the Oak Room before you go to the bazaar and eat something. And let some people pray for you. I want to do it that way. That way, you know what? The, the noise, all that. It just, don't worry about who sees you. God already sees you. What else does it matter? So the Oak Room is right through here. So when you come out, just take a left and it's right over here. And, and you guys obviously can, if you want to help us, we don't mind. If not, the prayer team will pray for each other and they'll get blessed. Okay. Would you stand? Let's pray. Search my heart, oh God. Search our heart. Holy Spirit, search our heart. See if there be any hiding within us. Any wrong way. Any way that's not your way. Holy Spirit, lead us to the path of the living. Father, I pray for courage for anyone that's standing here, anyone that's struggling, Lord. I pray for courage. You know, if you raise your hand now, it doesn't mean you have to go to the other room, but if you need, if you want to be prayed for over this or just be prayed for, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you right now. Is anybody here just feeling like they need some prayer on this subject that I just talked about? I know, yes, you're admitting the truth. The truth shall set you free. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would give all of us the courage of David. That, Lord God, we would look at the giant that we've been, we've been facing, we've been afraid, we've been hiding. We haven't really gone out on the field and faced this, this, this nothing. Father, I pray for the spirit and the courage of David for each person here. That, Lord, we would boldly go out and face the giant. Lord, we know you're with us. And, Lord God, we would cut its head off and destroy it so it's not part of our lives anymore.